Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number one. This is your host, Suman Silwal. In this episode, I talk to Ken Stewart, who has climbed six highest summit of the world, and he's getting ready to climb the Mount Everest in May of 2016. I found him training at Oak Mountain, and uh, this interview was brought to you from the Oak Mountain State Park as we're hiking up and down the Green Trail. Can you tell, tell me about this, your training? Yeah, I started uh, August 15th, so it's been eight months, and just followed a plan that uh, my coach gave me, and it's gone really well, I and mean, I feel really good. And I uh, spent a lot of time out here at Oak Mountain on the weekends, and most of the time during the week I've been in the gym. So do you think the Oak Mountain terrain, how well does it prepare you? That's most of, most of my community would like to know because this is where we train most of the time. Well, it's the best we have, right? Suman, it's, uh, it's certainly not as good as uh, it would be in Colorado or out west, maybe on some of the bigger mountains. But, you know, you're able to get a good 3,000 vertical feet in out here uh, in a half a day, which is, you know, that's a lot. Even if you were in Colorado, that'd be a big day. So... I think it's prepared me pretty well. It's certainly not easy going up and down this green trail. How heavy, heavy pack? I see you you carrying a backpack. How heavy those backpacks are like? Yeah, when we started out training, I, you know, I came out here with no pack and then started just carrying water. Now I'm up to the end around 40 to 45 pounds. So definitely slows you down, but you know, uh, 45 pounds here, uh, 20 pounds on Everest feels like 45 here. So, and that's the most I'll carry on Everest. So it gets you get you prepared one of the interesting part for me to listen as you talked we uh, when we met last time as well uh, talking about this heart rate that you have it really intrigues me because i'm looking for a different type of training i'd like to know a little bit more so i can maybe i can implement this in my 100 mile training as well right well uh you know i made a mistake in 2013 with my training i was doing a lot of high intensity stuff with a high heart rate and it really got me fit but that's really not the best training for an endurance uh, event like climbing everest you you really want to be able to go a long time. And uh, of course, if you get anaerobic, you can't do that. So the trick that I've been working on is to train long distances, long periods of time with my heart rate just below my anaerobic threshold. And uh, I can go, you know, if I have to go on summit day, it could be as long as a 17 hour day. Um, I'll be able to do that with this kind of training where if you train too intensely, you know, you get fit and you get fast, but you may not be able to go long enough to, uh, you know, get to the summit and back down. So that's, that's been the plan. So, so for you more, it's a more, rather than intensity, you're, you're thinking more endurance, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And sometimes you feel like you're not really working hard. That's the thing that's hard to get used to. If you're, if you're used to training really hard and then you start training for endurance, uh, especially in the beginning when your heart rate's pretty low you won't really feel like you're working that hard and so the tendency is to try to push it but that's really not what you want to do because the more hours you can put in the bank at those lower heart rates that's what gives you the endurance when you need it on a big event Kent uh, with you your team you said you mentioned that earlier that you, your team already at the at the base camp or headed to base camp you're you're here at the Oak Mountain can you tell us uh, the different training you're doing this time? Yeah, I, uh, my team is already there. I'm the only member that's not there. In fact, they've already been training in the icefall. And, uh, but I've been, I've been sleeping in a hypoxic tent here at home for the last six weeks. 
uh, which uh, simulates the altitude at base camp, um, which allows me to fly in a lot later. And I think it works better for me because I tend to lose a lot of weight on these climbs and that shortens the period that I'm there. And uh, I think I'll be stronger uh, training here and sleeping in the tent than I would be over there in those conditions. So I've just made the decision to delay the, the trip to base camp a little longer than most climbers. And then when I get there, we'll all be on the same schedule. So I'll catch up quickly. Definitely. Uh, sound like a little different training than most of the other will do. I mean, I, I think uh, you've been in Nepal a couple of times already. I think that helps, correct? With yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I, uh, I did the similar thing last year, and so I know it works for me. I flew into 14,000 feet, and uh, most climbers fly into 9,000 and did well with the altitude. So I'm confident that the altitude won't be an issue. And uh, I think I'll be stronger. Like I said, you know, eating good food um, here at home as opposed to being at base camp for two months. Um, I just think I'll be stronger when it comes time to go to the summit. Can you talk about your journey so far? I know this is the last summit that you have left. Well, the, you know, like we, my wife and I climbed Kilimanjaro in 2006 and really didn't have any design to climb anything else. But, um, you know, we found out that was one of the World's Seven Summits. And so that led us to want to climb another one. And uh, it's been a great adventure for us over the last 10 years. We climbed five together. And then uh, I climbed Denali after my wife retired. And now Everest is the last one of the seven. So it's kind of been a goal for a long time that we've been working toward. And this is the last step. What lures you to Everest? I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I know it's your seventh summit. Well, it's, you know, just the highest mountain in the world is, that's the main thing. I mean, that's what every climber wants to do. And I love Nepal. I love the country. I love flying into Kathmandu. I love the villages. Um, just everything about it is special. And then the fact that it's the highest mountain in the world just makes it that much more special. Can you talk about, uh, let's talk about the regime trail that you're uh, here at the Oak Mountain. You have been training here for a while. That's what he said. Yeah, I've been here um, a couple years now. Probably done this trail, I don't know, a few hundred times now. <laughs> I don't really know. I didn't keep up with it. But I've uh, gotten to know it pretty well, actually. It's, uh, it's good. I mean, it's a good test. And uh, up and down is about 750 vertical feet. So, um, And you meet a lot of good people out here, too. So it's been fun. Uh, you, you should tell David Toss. We, we redesigned this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well i didn't like the redesign to start with because it wasn't as steep but i've gotten to i've gotten to enjoy it over the last year and, a... uh, and actually uh, i don't think it's that much different from um it's just still the same altitude right it's just yeah, yeah. a little longer I, I think it's just a little longer i think and uh you tried a little bit of yellow white right here, I did. I did the yellow white connector for quite a while in the winter, and um, you know I didn't enjoy it as much as the green trail. I I thought it was going to be more difficult, and that's why I did it. But actually, I don't think there's any difference. There, uh, that trail over there is about 730 vertical feet, and this one's about 750, and it takes about the same amount of time. So I just felt like this was a little better, a um, little better training, and and there's more people on this trail, so I get to you know talk to people and see people. And, very few people were on that yellow-white connector when except, I was there. Except when David Toss put, put, puts us to that trail. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of nutrition plan are you in? Well, you know, I'm burning so many calories that uh, I don't have to worry about so much what I eat. And I actually, my diet could be a lot better, honestly. 
that's probably the weakest part of my training. Um, I'm somewhat of a picky eater, so when you're burning this many calories, um, it's hard for me to eat really healthy and get enough calories in. And so my diet hasn't changed all that much. Um, probably should have done a better job with that, but like I said, I'm, I'm not, I don't really need to lose any weight. So I'm uh, pretty much been eating whatever I want to lately. Excellent. Um, so, so you said that, well, what, what, what is the best works? What kind of diet best works for you? What kind of diet? Yeah, what kind well, of food? I'm eating a ton of protein and I always have eaten a lot of protein. Um, so a typical, you know, a lot of salad, a lot of, of vegetables and, and a lot of, I'm actually eating a lot of red meat right now. Okay. It's just kind of what I'm craving um, because I won't have much of that over there on the mountain. And so I'm trying to get in a few good meals here before I leave. Yeah. What uh, what kind of food do you eat when when you get to the base camp area? Yeah, the base camp is actually pretty good. Um, they've got a full kitchen at base camp, and so you know we might have um, beef one night or chicken, uh, a lot of pastas. Um, so there's a lot of variety at base camp. It's really pretty good considering you're at 17,500 feet. Uh, higher on the mountain, of course, uh, very limited cooking facilities above base camp. So above the base camp, you're basically eating MREs from there on up. Talking about a base camp, I was just, just thought about it. How's the life of base camp like? Yeah, um, well, base camp is like a little city. So you've got all kind of people. Some uh, take the resting and, and doing those kind of things more seriously than others. I know there's been a lot of talk about parties and that kind of thing. I've never seen that. I'm sure it happens, but it's never happened anywhere near where I am. I've never seen any alcohol on Everest. I know it's there, but I've never seen anybody drink alcohol on a climb. Um, but it's a, it is a social place. There's a lot of downtime, a lot of rest time, a lot of rest days where you may just sit around and read a book or do your laundry or just talk to you know other climbers. And of course, there's people there from all over the world, so it makes it pretty interesting to get to know all those people. So it's it's a fun experience at base camp, actually. But when you get there, you're not like every day trying to climb a mountain or reach some sort of summit or anything like that, correct? No, there's, like I said, there's a lot of rest days at base camp. So uh, probably over half the days you're there, you're not climbing. You, you may do a hike just to keep your fitness up or acclimatize a little better. So you may do a hike out of base camp for a couple hours but there's a lot of days where you you really do nothing but rest and eat. I just want to talk about the a little bit talk about the the money you raised for the earthquake victim for Nepal. Uh, can you can you talk about the uh, how foundation has helped Nepal and the the Nepalis and up in the mountain area? Well, yeah. When uh, we obviously the villages were hit very hard, and uh, that's where the people most of the people from Nepal that I know live in those villages and most most of my friends lost their homes in the earthquake in uh, a couple of the villages there so you know we wanted to do something to help and Birmingham is a very uh, generous community and I knew it was and so we we organized a hike out here at Oak Mountain that we had last June and between that and uh, some of my teammates on my Everest team last year uh, putting word out on their social media pages 
uh, we were able to raise uh, right at $90,000. Wow. Which uh, went to two villages in uh, Nepal to help them rebuild. And I've uh, been in touch with my friends there over the last year. And actually, I've, the latest report that I got back, the village is pretty much totally rebuilt only a year after the earthquake, which was... Uh, That's incredible. It was amazing, really. We thought it would take much longer than that. And of course they had help from a lot of sources, not just our, our event, but all that money went to the village and they've, they built it, rebuilt the city of the village very quickly. That's great to hear. And I really, we, I really appreciate everybody who, who contributed towards Nepal and uh, the great cause. Um, as we close our talk, can you just, just people who are trying to attempt in the future, trying to do seven summit, if, or, if, if you have to advise one thing or a few things, what would you say to those people who ever want to attempt the Seven Summit journey like you have done? Well, you know, I'm not sure we would do anything differently uh, than the way we've done it. We made a lot of mistakes, but that was kind of part of the learning process. And, you know, the great thing about the Seven Summits is you can start with the easy ones first and work your way up to the big ones. And... Uh, I would recommend everyone start with Mount Kilimanjaro, which is a, an awesome mountain. It's in a beautiful part of the world, and uh, it's just a, a life-changing adventure. And then, depending how, on how you do, take them one at a time from there. Great. I guess it takes a lot of patience and, and perseverance and endurance to get it all done. Yeah, I would suggest being a little better shape than I was when we started. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I think you're pretty good shape this time to get ready to climb the Everest. Great. Thanks. Thanks for your time. We'll, we'll catch up as, as you and we'll follow you through. And if, if anybody wants to follow, where, where do you find where, where, they, where they can find you? Uh, they can follow the expedition on Kent Stewart Seven Summits on Facebook or Kent Stewart on Instagram. Great. Guys. Let's let's cheer for Kent here. Let's make let's make this seventh summit happen, and uh, we all wish him wish him luck. Thank you, Simon. Thank you very much.